0: listening to Say It Out Loud, Tackling Tough Topics Together, a podcast from LSUS Counseling Services. In each episode, we discuss mental
1: health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college.
0: Please note, this podcast is not a substitute for counseling and topics discussed may be sensitive for some listeners. If you are an LSUS student and need support, email us at counseling at lsus.edu. As a reminder, all guest views are their own and do not speak for the Counseling Services office, the university, or mental health profession as a whole. Welcome to episode 12 of Say It Out Loud, Tackling Tough Topics Together, a Counseling Services podcast brought to you from LSU Shreveport. And we are super excited to be here today, as usual, with a lot of awesome people. Um, Special privilege today to, to bring you a great topic. Today, we're talking about overcoming adversity on the path to high achievement. And that is a powerful title, I think, that's very fitting for the guests that we have here today um so i want to get started and just kind of talk about how hard college is it just is right um the early adulthood development stage is one of the hardest in life some of our mental health is at its our psychological well-being is at its lowest during the college years um because there's so many challenges we have to go through in general just you know becoming more independent becoming more of an adult and figuring out who we are and what we want out of the world and trying things on and seeing what works and what doesn't and learning really how to balance pressures of academic um, courses along with you know trying to have a social life and um, you know maybe having to balance that with work and family obligations there's so much that goes on during the college years for the average and I'm saying that in air quotes average student. but beyond that, there are some unique students that really do deal with even additional personal challenges, and that could be physical health issues, mental illness issues, um, any kind of a developmental disability or some other physical limitation. And dealing with those added stressors and impairments can really um, impact negatively the academic um, focus and ability to to do as well as you would like in those courses and commit the time and energy that you would like to commit Um, but those do not have to be a barrier to your success in college. And we have a lot of um, support services here on campus. And so part of uh, what we have for you today is a special treat is our disability coordinator, Yolanda Price-Mitchell. And I will let uh, our guests introduce themselves in a second, but also we have two other special guests. We have a current student, Tanton, who um, has worked with Yolanda he is um, probably in your second year I think right
2: yes mine.
0: yeah so we'll get we'll get to you as well and then we also have an LSUS graduate with us Bianca Stakes who has um, was a student here and struggled in her own ways and she's gonna share that with us but she's also come out on the other side shining and has a degree and a career and she's a um, in our arm, um, media department here on campus at LSU Shreveport so we have a lot of layers and uh, levels and stages of this process so to get started I'm going to start with Yolanda can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and uh, here on campus sure
3: hi Angie and hello to everyone Uh, my name is Yolanda Yolanda Price Mitchell and I am the disability services coordinator here at LSU I am proud to say that I'm also a graduate of lsu Um, I received my bachelor's degree in psychology here. I was a student worker as well. And so uh, I'm at home. And I I consider it a privilege to, to be in this role Um, What I do is I help our traditional and our online students make sure that they have access to all of the university programs. They're able to participate um, in the curriculums and um, without, I should say, with the least impact from their disability. So I make sure that they have the accommodations that they need and make sure that I advocate for them
0: um, while they're here as a student. That's awesome. I, I think it's special that we offer that here to our students because all kinds of walks of life and experience come to university and um, we have to be there. That's why we offer counseling services too. We need to be there to support our students. Well, in your time here in this role and your experience working with students, what have you observed with um, what many students struggle with? I know you get a whole whole host of various um, challenges. But what, do you, what have you noticed with students, you know, maybe the emotional struggles you know, for one thing?
3: You know what I've really started to realize is that the students who they may have a, a, a learning disability, um, it may be a chronic illness that they're dealing with or it may be a learning disability. And there can even be students who have the same diagnosis but it affects each person differently and so um, I know that we have, and I talked to you about this, you know, we have our counseling services and then we have disability services, but the one thing that I've come to mind is that you cannot separate the two, you know, uh, because everyone, we're human beings, you know, we all um, have the same needs, um, just maybe at varying degrees. And so the one thing that i found that we all need is a bit of, not just the, the counseling and mental health, but I, can, I call it, um, academic life coaching? How do I deal with the pressures of life um, as a student, as well as in my personal
0: life? Yeah, I agree with you. There's a diverse, I think, background that comes in. And you, you can have two people with the same diagnosis and their background is different and their support system is different, their family situation, um, their financial situation. So there's, there's, it's very holistic in the layers of what um, impact a person. And sometimes we can look at a person and be like, wow, they are so positive. I don't know how they can be so positive with what they're going through. And then, you know, another person just handles it completely different. And it's really hard to separate all the support services. You know, we have academic, the success center that, that helps in other areas and career services that helps in various ways. Um, and we all kind of refer to each other because a student may walk in with one issue and we can send them to someone else and really kind of combat and support, I say combat the issues, but support them um, in a circle, so to speak. Right, right. And I love
3: that. I love the, the fact that we have all these different entities working together to make sure um, the, the student is taken care of on a holistic level, like you said.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I want to move from you to Bianca. Um, if you would, you know, give us the pleasure of sharing with us your current role on campus and and you know what you do with that, but then also how you got there, the journey that brought you there. So,
4: um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is a, a very um, special privilege um, for me and um, I'm very um, just excited and um, happy to be here. So right now I work in the media and PR department and I'm the digital content specialist and that is both specific and general at the same time. Um, Specifically, I handle things such as website updates. I do a lot of writing when LSUS is in the news, I usually have a hand in, in writing those, um, those articles to get us out into the community. And um, I'm also one who works with um, external stakeholders to get things um, in movement for our, uh, for multiple departments on campus, actually. And then, as far as, and then it kind of goes into a general umbrella when, um, you know, if someone in the department needs a hand, I'm also there um, to help with whatever. Department wide projects we might be working on. How I got here is a very long story. Um, And sometimes it's hard to uh, wrap it up in a pretty present with a bow. (laughs) But um, I would say that um, getting here was very, very hard. And, you know, I started having um, medical issues in the eighth grade. And I was a very spunky, bold, outspoken, active young lady at the time. And uh, you know, over the years I started developing physical uh, ailments that um, you know, have morphed into a chronic illness and a chronic pain. I completely 100% agree with Yolanda in that the mental health aspect of it is sometimes just as hard, if not more difficult than actually having physical limitations. And um, through high school, the biggest challenge was not knowing what was wrong. And, you know, at the time I was only avail- only allowed to be seen by uh, the pediatric medical field. And, and, you know, there were things going on that were very, very complicated. And, you know, um, I hit a climax of poor health um, in my senior year of high school. And we got some answers at that point and I was doing very, very well. And then I started college and um, was still doing very well and decided I actually started college here at LSU Shreveport. And after my first year, I, I transferred out and um, I was doing well managing my health. And then uh, an emergency came along and a new diagnosis came along and college got to be something that was very, very challenging. Um, That's when I actually first experienced disability services was actually at another university, and it was excellent. That extra help, being able to take exams separately, being able to um, meet myself where I was and my level of limitation really was one of the guiding forces that got me through. And because I was so sick, I actually withdrew from two full semesters and ended up moving back home where I went to the community college and got an associate's degree and then finished at LSUS. So I like to call LSUS kind of the engineer in the caboose of my college train, even though I took the uh, scenic route. And when I got to LSUS, Disability Services was ready with their arms wide open. I was doing okay at that point, but since then, which has been the past five or so years, it has still been a lot of unanswered questions. And um, after graduation, about a year after graduation, I found myself at the Mayo Clinic um, for a couple of weeks. And that was by far one of the most outstanding medical experiences of my life. They were it was just, it was so uh, unusual for me to be around other people that were experiencing what I was experiencing because I felt like it was weird. I felt like no one could figure me out. I was the town science experiment, like what's wrong with Bianca, you know, and we got a lot of answers. My family and I went to their, their, their facilities and it was, um, and so I've basically been And and a new diagnosis came in 2020, right before the pandemic. And so I've basically spent the past couple of years rebuilding from all of the medical trauma I've experienced and basically finding a level of acceptance that meets me where I'm at, but it doesn't take away hope for the future. You know, um, When I graduated from LSUS, I had no idea what I was going to do. I've had a lot of I've never been the kid that's always known what I wanna be when I grow up. I was kind of the person that said, well, I could be happy doing anything, but like blood and guts and that kind of stuff, like I'd never be a medical person. Just to go back to the question, I know I veered off a little bit. Getting through college, um, I couldn't have done it without disability services. I couldn't have done it without my family. And graduating for me was more than getting my degree. It was saying adversity didn't win. And so it was a huge moment for me, for my family, you know, waving from the stage was a moment that is like one of those slow-mo movie moments that you picture in your mind. So, and now I'm back at LSUS, which like Yolanda said, it's home. I thought I'd come back to LSUS far later in my career to be a teacher or something, but uh, this opportunity came up and, you know, even as a professional, LSUS is so respectful of disabilities and limitations, and I've never felt so capable in my career as I have um, in the past year or so that I've been at LSUS because disabilities can make you feel limited. So that's about as brief as I can be about my journey.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I, I there's a lot that stands out for me, and I'm sure for the others here, um, you know, a couple of things that stand out. First of all, I think my tagline for this episode is going to be adversity didn't win. (laughs) First off, that's (laughs) me. Part of what you said, um, you know, you feel like you're the only one And so to me that homes in on the sense of shame that can come from these things that we do feel like we're the only one. And it's not just in a chronic illness like yours, but in mental illness too. We get a lot of people who don't wanna ask for help because that that means there's something wrong with them. Um, And mental health is a little different than the physical health. Physical health, we tend to go to the doctor, you know, maybe they can help us and maybe they can't. Um, But with mental health, there is that degree of shame where we feel like there's something wrong with us and we're the only one. And when you do kind of start having the courage to, to seek the support that you need, you realize you're not the only one. I mean, there's a whole department for this because you're not the only one, you know? So the shame piece is really big and what it feels like so limiting. What you're talking about with this current role that you're in and where your career has taken you, the word that stood out to me was capable. You feel so capable. So those are very dichotomous, uh, you know, on the continuum of your journey, you know, these two extremes that I'm, I'm happy to see. And that's why I find it inspiring because you were in this shame spiral loss, not knowing your diagnosis, having a word to put on a label, you know, on your um, on your condition is helpful, too, in the healing process and then moving past that to being so fully capable, and empowered, even though you still are struggling. Um, Yolanda, please uh, tell us what you think about this. Bianca
3: said something um, very significant that a lot of students struggle with. And, you know, and and that was, I have a lot of students who say, you know, I, I, I didn't, Want, I don't want to feel like um taking advantage of something or I, I don't want to feel like, you know, you know, I'm having this certain privilege, you know, and I and I told them, I said, it's not that you're taking advantage or trying to get over on anyone. I said, but th- these are your needs. And so, you know, that feeling of shame, you know, prevents them from asking for help sometimes. And, you know it's just I have to reassure them that it's nothing to be ashamed of um, and I said I always say this is that our students here at LSUS they are really high achievers because the things that they have to overcome and um, um, it's it's like amazing to me I'm inspired and I'm encouraged so that shame element definitely is there and they just need to know that it's nothing to be ashamed of and we're here to support you
0: And with disability services i think people need to to really think about how we frame that it's not to give you any special treatment, right it's to make what you um to make your ability to succeed in college more equitable right Right. give you kind of that even playing field you know right
3: right and i i i I used the um, the slogan you know how our slogan here at lsus is piloting dreams and so I just say we're here to help you pilot your abilities, the abilities that you do have. Hey, we we want we want to uh, we want to focus on those and make sure that you can use those to the best of your ability, maximize those abilities. Certainly,
0: Bianca, what do you think?
4: Well, I, you know it's interesting that the shame piece has come up because that's actually something that I didn't realize I was experiencing until. 2020, like I guess I have been experiencing it through this entire journey in one way or the other, but I've never had a name for it. And um, I started seeing a counselor in 2020 that um, specialized in one of the diagnoses I have. And you know, I've had some excellent counselors over the years, but there's something different about about this this time. And, you know, sorting through shame has been one of the most challenging parts of this because it's, I, I've even dared to call myself the 27-year-old toddler, you know, to my parents because I still need a lot of assistance from my parents. You know, I, I'm able to live on my own, but oftentimes, you know, I'm like, hey, the trash is too heavy. I can't get it to the to the trash can. Can you come help me? You know, um, you know, I'm in, I'm in a lot of pain today, but I have a, a, a sink full of dishes. I need help, you know, and for the longest time, I felt shame around my needs, around needing help and around around asking the teacher more questions than, than the students really wish I would, um, you know, or feeling shame that no, I'm sorry, I have dietary restrictions. I I can't go to that restaurant or I'm uncomfortable in restaurants because I feel restricted. You know, there are a lot of the limitations sometimes feel shameful, which kind of leads me into the social aspect of chronic illness. It's hard being different, but truthfully, everybody is different. And so it's like we equate normal to what everybody else is doing. Um, and I'm actually in in the process right now of really understanding that it's okay that I have to do things differently, and it's okay if other people don't understand. Um, and that's really been a freeing experience for me because there's this there's obviously a difference between disabilities that might be more obvious, like if you're in a wheelchair or something like that or a disability like mine that you can't see. Looking at me, no one would know. And, you know, it's it's there's this part of, are people gonna believe that I have these needs because I don't look like it? And then there's the grouping of folks whose disability might be more visible and it's, oh, I wish that people would see me for me, you know? So I feel like people who have these challenges just see the world through a totally different um, pair of glasses, you know, and, and our, and we rely on people who aren't familiar with our experience on a firsthand basis to be compassionate and kind. And, you know, some people will never understand and don't want to understand, but those aren't our people. You know, we need the people who are going to say, you know, I, I want to be friends with you because of who you are. And if that means you say no to me 10 times in a row because you are overly fatigued and you, you know, maybe need to have a phone call instead of a coffee date, you know, that's okay. And that's something that I really hope comes out of this conversation as well is that people who might not be familiar with someone who has limitations that your compassion and kindness is so important. You know, we don't want people to walk on eggshells, but we want people to say, hey, I, I value you for who you are and I don't see you through the lens of your limitations.
0: That's, that's amazingly inspiring. And, and, and one thing I want to add, you're talking about the need for compassion from other people. Part of what you're talking about is that need for self-compassion too. Oh, I knew
4: that was coming. <laughs> that has been one of the primary goals my counselor has given me I think every, after every appointment, I've said, okay, what do I need to focus on? What is my goal? And I can't tell you how many times it has been self compassion. I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely
0: on my way. It's a journey, definitely a journey. Well, I want to um, uh, move to Tanton too to talk to him. Um, since you are a current student, at Tanton, tell us about yourself, you know, what your major is and, and, you know anything that you feel important to share with us?
2: Yes, ma'am. Uh, I, so uh, I'm uh, on my uh, second year, and I'm doing a, uh, uh, Cj, uh,
0: criminal justice, right?
2: Cj, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so I uh, I stutter obviously, and. It's, uh, it's a challenge. It really started at a young age and it was, uh, always, I guess, stressful. I've felt alone for years, uh, in school. I mean, I've had a good friend group and, uh, it's just, uh, it's hard though. Uh, like t- t- teachers t- t- don't always get me, and it takes m- 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 more time to, t- t- to talk. And I'm just always like, Well, I want to ask things, but could take eight minutes longer, <laughs> but uh, at a uh, at school, here, I, 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 it's been great. I uh, I've got uh, th- things s- s- set up for, you know, m- m- more time t- 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 to talk and stuff, and, and uh, I've had uh, th- things s- 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 set up. Because I've got a HED, and which, yeah, th- that's a a struggle too. Because I I'm all like dun, 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 dun. I can't focus at all. But uh, I mean, my ch- ch- journey has been it's been a long journey. I, I've gone through hell and back basically. I've learned. That you can't change who y- 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 you are, so just own it, own who you are. And, uh, I've been th- blessed with a good, uh, s- 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 support group at school and I'm thankful.
0: That's awesome, Tanton. I I know I um, had you in my freshman seminar course in uh, two years ago, maybe. Yes, ma'am. You you were quite a character, and (laughs) a bit of the class clown, and um, not at all anyone who gets down. I mean, I'm sure you get down, don't get me wrong, but you don't let it keep you from moving forward in your life, and that's quite apparent um, and I, I want to share something about my experience with you as a student I know you did uh, go to our disability support office before you started and got yourself set up with the accommodations that you needed and you know in in my course there's a presentation component and some I'm going to ask students to speak and I you did let me know at the beginning of the course that you had this accommodation and I was obviously fine with that. You know, we, we would be able to do whatever we needed to do to work with that limitation. And then I I do remember when it came time, I was having students go around and introduce themselves. And there was a student right before you who had a speech impediment, and he um, spoke and I was just going to skip over you because you had already talked to me but then you chose to go ahead and, and speak. And I don't know if it was because the other student in class had a speech impediment and you're like, well, maybe, maybe if he can speak, I can too. I don't know. What were you thinking there? I thought it was pretty cool that you decided to go ahead and not allow that accommodation to, to lead your decisions, you know?
2: Well, I met him. He's a good guy. He's pretty cool. Uh, I was like, well, he can do it. I can do it. I might as well do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I I have uh, I have students go around and tell me something personal, something peculiar about them, something personal, professional, and peculiar. The 3 Ps is my favorite little icebreaker. And I start a class with everybody going around telling me something peculiar about themselves. Let's get it all out there, whatever you wanna share. But we all um, have something odd going on that's different. And, and as you said, Bianca being different, you know, that's the best part. I mean, I know it's hard to be different, but I would, I would much rather uh, a room full of different people than a room full of the same people personally.
4: I just want to say that I'm inspired by you Tanton saying that just own it that has been one of the key challenges for me like I've been trying so hard to just pretend it's not there Um, but it is there and the more comfortable I get with that or the more accepting or the more own it mindset I'm certainly not all the way there but I feel like I'm I'm, I'm on the way chipping away a little bit you know it builds a confidence that you might not have had, you know, maybe on the onset of this, you know, um, and, you know, the comparison game is char- is hard, you know, um, the healthy person gets to do this. I don't get to do it that way. And so I think that that own it um, piece is so important.
0: Definitely.
4: That, that really stuck out to me in a positive way.
0: Yeah. well, I know, Yolanda, you've worked with Tanton in in your office. Um, What inspires you the most in in working with Tanton?
1: Tanton
3: is a leader. He's he's definitely a leader. Um, He does not allow the struggle with his speech to deter him. I found that he's very intelligent. He has great insight um, and he's very compassionate. He's very compassionate. He came to me and he talked about starting, you know, a support group for individuals with disabilities. And I just thought that was amazing. I thought that was amazing. And, um, you know, I did some research. You know, he came and he met with me at least three weeks straight, you know, just to check the progress, you know, that I've made on it. And, um, you know. I realized, you know, he has a compassion for children as well, younger children who are, you know, struggling, you know, with different issues or disabilities. And, you know, his heart just to train and to teach and to just be be an ear for others, it just touches my heart in a very special way. And so, you know, I'm proud to say, you know, because of that desire, because of that drive, you know, that we are working working towards bringing, you know, a group, a support group, or building a support group so that individuals can have the opportunity to connect with others and be inspired by others and share their journey.
0: Well, this is the right month, isn't this? Um, yes. Developmental Disability Awareness Month, is that correct? Yes.
3: Yes, March is Developmental Disability Awareness Month, and so, you know, this is just a a good launching path, path, you know, for us to, you know, keep going and pressing towards, you know, making things um, even better here at LSU as for students with disabilities.
0: You know, um, another thing that I'm thinking of, uh, there's a, a quite a powerful, exercise I've done in classrooms that um, is pretty eye-opening for most people. You know, Bianca, you mentioned on there's the invisible disabilities or limitations that we just don't see and we don't realize people are dealing with. Um, and so the exercise is called making the invisible visible. I love this exercise. I give everybody a piece of paper and they can write anything they want that they have struggled with in their life. You know, it could be something as simple as uh, anxiety, <laughs> or it could be some traumatic experience. You just never know. Um, and they fold it up and they put it in like a bag or a bowl and we shuffle them around. Then I go around and everyone has to draw one out and just make sure it's not their own. And then they go around the room and they read what's on that piece of paper. And you know, inevitably somebody in this room, whether there's 10 of us or 30, somebody in this room I mean, there's some, some traumatic stuff that comes out of it. And I just give some insight with whatever someone had said, but some, some, someone might be um, something as severe as sexual abuse or something about a brother passing away. Or, you know, there's a lot that comes out of that. And when you're in a room full of people and you don't know who it is, but you know somebody else in this room has been through something similar and you're not the only one. And that has been the most powerful thing I think I've done in my career and I love that exercise because it keeps us from hiding behind things because we feel alone. And we feel like we're the only one and and that shame that we were talking about earlier too, but it helps you have it's very much a, a compassion exercise to understand that other people what other people go through but also that you're not the only one. And I think you two sharing these challenges here with us today is is like making the invisible visible. And um, whoever listens to this, I know it may not be a stutter, it may not be a chronic illness, but it's something. And we've all gone through something, some worse than others. And it's so important for you to be here and sharing this. And I really, uh, I just, I'm inspired anybody else here want to chime in on that? I mean, I just, I love, um, I think for, I
1: definitely just second that like inspiring is, I feel like, I, th- I feel like there's, there should be a different word that's more powerful than inspiring, but inspiring is all I can come up with right now. Um, I definitely feel that for towards Bianca and definitely Tanton. Um, and Bianca, I definitely feel like I kind of felt some sort of like similarities. I mean, I've struggled with anxiety, you know, I've had to take a semester off of school. And and I did feel a lot of shame because I felt like, you know, I couldn't even drive without having a panic attack. Like it was hard. I mean, I, I definitely felt like I relied a lot on my parents, you know, to drive me places. You know, I had to, my dad had to go with me to get my COVID vaccine because I was so scared I was gonna have a panic attack. That was just, that's just how I am. And I think that support is just, it's so different once you have people that are on your side and they're like, you know, we hear you, we see you for who you are. And it, it's not just about, you know, what, you, what limits you. And I definitely think like for the longest time, you know, I, you know, I was going to doctors back and forth convinced that this wasn't anxiety. I was like, this isn't like, this, there's something bigger, you know, something's wrong with me. And they're like, no, like it's, it's, it's anxiety. Like you, you have to tackle it. Like, you know, you need to take the steps to really you know move forward and see how you can, you know, deal with this. And it, it was hard for me definitely. But, um, you know, hearing your story definitely like sat with me. Cause I was like, wow, you know, she's definitely come a long way and I don't know. Yeah. Inspiring. Definitely. And Tanton, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like you've just come a long way, you know, and you've tackled a lot of battles, I'm sure, but I'm speechless.
0: <laughs> you know, I think too, the word inspire, I mean, the, the core of that word is spirit. You know, there's this spirit that enters me. Um, I, I'm moved. I'm like, really? Yeah. Moved, I definitely yeah. felt like
2: yeah, and I, I also
0: have to add just that, and we've talked about this probably in another episode, I mean, I probably have to talk about this ad nauseum because of who I am, but the, the sense of um, post-traumatic growth, I'd like, there's a lot we've been through in our lives that I, I, you know, when you're going through it, you you would never wish that on anyone, and you certainly wish you weren't given this as a gift <laughs> uh, to suffer, you know, in whatever way that is, but it becomes a gift to your growth, you know, and What we are, how we are forced to grow from these challenges um, makes us who we are, you know, the grit, the determination, the ability to persevere through challenges. And my favorite word resilience um, is is, is in there. Um, We are developed as human beings. And I think get a lot of our meaning from the challenges that we have not only survived from, but learned to thrive in spite of, I think that. So how do you guys feel about that piece? Even though I know you don't wish this on yourself, any of our struggles, but but what are, you, what are your thoughts on that sense of post-traumatic growth and um, thriving and resilience?
3: I've never
0: thought about it that way, um, but it is definitely
3: true. Um, post-traumatic growth, you know, just after those experiences, you know, having the ability, um, the, the, the willpower, you know, having the, the mindset um, um, and, and that emotional, um, that grit to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this get the best of me, um, but I'm going to allow this to make me a better person. It's definitely, um, it's definitely a gift. Like, it just just does, it just raises up um, your your level of um, expectation and your ability, your endurance. You know, I I do consider it a gift. I really do. And, you know, just me in the past few months um, being challenged with um, sciatic nerve pain, you know, uh, excruciating pain. Like, I didn't even know that that existed. But it has definitely changed, you know, my perspective you know, on, um, just the role that I play in this, like, I see, you know, this is really, it's really a struggle. And even though our struggles may be different, you know, it still makes us the same, whether we have a diagnosis or not, we can grow from our, from our pain, purpose in our pain. Yeah.
4: I'm so glad that you, you said that because that's what I was going to say, you know, I've learned in, in not only in my life, but, um, there's something that um, the pastor at my church always says, and he says, you are a purpose with a name. And there's there is purpose in your pain. And that just, even though sometimes we might not see it, especially maybe in those ugly moments, those behind the scene moments, those really bad days. But to me, you know, Angie mentioned, you know, just kind of like reflecting back. Um, Honestly, it's really hard for me to reflect on my my medical trauma because I think as I was going through it, my brain really tried to protect me from being sad and I was very numb. And now that I'm in some really intensive counseling and, and very specified counseling, I've really been able to learn how to allow myself to hurt over it. And I really have high hopes that my experience can help someone else. And that, you know, I mean, not only is it, has it created, you know, a strength in myself that I, I really have a hard time explaining, you know, because there were several opportunities to just quit. Um, and there were several opportunities where I wanted to quit really, really bad. Like I, if even, vocalize, like, I don't want, I quit. I'm tired of all these appointments. I'm tired of trying to get better, like, I'm tired. But there's something there that just keeps you going. And, you know, life is a gift, Um, even though sometimes it doesn't feel that way because why can't I be like, you know, this person who gets to run a marathon, you know, but it's being able to see the victories and being able to see the positive things And that's something that I really struggled with for a long time, but I feel like I've gotten a lot better about is, you know, hey, I'm proud of myself for having a flare up this morning and still getting dressed and going to work instead of melting down for the entire day. I think recognizing that growth is important. And, and, you know, sometimes it's scary to share. Um, It's like, you know, what are people going to think? Do people really want to hear this? Are they going to see it as a sob story when I see it as a victory story? But my goal in this podcast and in any time anyone ever has any questions about this, because I'm pretty open about it, you know, is there's hope and don't be afraid to get help. You know, I've even felt shame about needing counseling as often as I do. And my counselor said, what if counseling is like your weekly prescription? Like you need to take certain medicines every day. She was just like, there are people who may not have like a diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis that regularly you go to therapy, you know, so I just hope that people know that there is support for you anywhere.
0: And that's what we're here for. I mean, that's a calling for some people, a skill for others, but um, Kendall might relate. We, we went to grad school together. We, um, there was a class we took, I think, where we talked about the wounded healer. <laughs> Yeah. And like a lot of us that go into this profession went through our own thing, maybe multiple things <laughs> that brought us on a meandering, painful path of growth, hopefully. And part of that path was t- taking our pain, growing from it and using it to help others. Um, you, if you can, you get some meaning out of what your struggle is, that's um, hopefully what we can get out of this if we all had an easy ride I don't know what the world would be like (laughs) but
1: yeah and that um, sounds a lot like what Tanton's trying to do also you know with creating that support group so I applaud you Tanton, for you know using your limitations and trying to you know support others so that's that's awesome that you're trying to do that
0: yeah absolutely I'm going to keep using the word inspired (laughs) um any last words of advice or or wisdom uh, that you might give to college students going through things or anyone who might be listening?
3: I would say you owe it to yourself
0: to seek help. You deserve it, right? You deserve it. Yeah. And we sit here waiting for you to come ask for help. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Literally, we do.
4: (laughs) And I like what, just to piggyback on Alyssa said, like Tanton's um, efforts to start a support group, like being around um, people that can, you know, share those burdens with you and, you know, have that open safe space. Like, I think that's just an excellent um, approach to getting through college together. You don't have to do it by yourself, you know, because the truth is that there are other students Um, that are struggling and you may not even know like uh, you said Angie with the exercise I mean I'm sure some students experience some level of shock like I can't believe there's someone in here that's experienced this I experienced that too Uh so um so I really want to take the opportunity to applaud uh, Tanton and um, his resilience and willingness to open the floor uh, for other students definitely Tanton
0: what what's your advice Tanton
2: I would say, uh, don't, don't stop. I'd say, be like a, 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 a oak tree, and just branch out, grow, 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 grow. <laughs> and, you know,
0: yeah, don't hide.
2: Do not hide.
0: Yeah.
2: It hurts you more. Like I hid for. A long time and i was sad lonely and stuff now i want more friends i'll make <laughs> friends with anybody i don't care who you are
0: <laughs> we need people like that in the world and are glad you came to share that part of yourself with us today um any last thoughts Alyssa krendel
1: i mean I don't know how I can one up what anybody said. I'm like, it's so inspiring! Yeah. Like I was like almost in tears for a minute. But yeah, I guess just listen to what everybody here has to say. You know, take advantage of what is in front of you, and you know it's helpful to reach out to other people. Especially, you don't know what other people are going through, and they could be going through the exact same thing that you're going through. So definitely seek out you know other people and support.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna leave it with the key phrases that came out of this episode. Own it. Adversity doesn't win. What was the last one Tanton just said? I forgot it already.
1: Be an oak tree. Be an oak tree.
0: Exactly. Be an oak tree. Uh, Friends, don't, out. Out. Don't, 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 don't stop. Don't stop. That was it. Don't stop. <laughs> um, be the wounded healer. And be the wounded healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your pain, use that to heal other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's part of your healing too. I and mean, we help each other. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Come back anytime. We've been, it's been a privilege and I hope our listeners know what a privilege it is to hear your stories and sharing your journey. Um, certainly a privilege for for me. and I, I think I'm speaking for the rest of the crew here. Um, we are proud and, uh, to have you and thank you so much. Um, we will see you guys next time for the next episode of Say It Out Loud. Bye-bye. What you want to say The,
4: the words wrong.